Welcome back to the King Belly Podcast, where every opinion is welcome and every voice can be heard. Today's guest is Jalissa Juju Fontaine. Jalissa is currently the CEO of Millennial Vision, a company designed to connect millennial professionals from all different industries and walks of life. You can actually follow Millennial Vision on Instagram right now at Millennial Vision Networks. That's millennialvision.networks. That's M I L L E N I V I S I O N, period. N-T-W-K-S. So if you're looking to connect with other like-minded professionals, whether you're pursuing a doctoral degree, whether you're pursuing a master's of some sort, whether you want to be an engineer, whether you want to be a broadcaster, whether you want to be a journalist, Millennium Vision is the place where you can go and meet those people and build those connections. We had a very well-rounded conversation outside of Millennium Vision. We spoke about many other things so much other things that i don't even want to spoil it for you i'd rather you listen for yourself and figure out what we spoke about <laughs> I, I, I i just i think it's better that way um before we get into the conversation just a couple of things i want to touch on a couple of things actually three things i want to touch on first things first i'm eager to see if if it hasn't already i'm eager to see the music video to girl's best friend or two chains album featuring todd dollar um this is a very random thought but i was as oh as i was on my way here that song came up in shuffle on my app music and that shit is gas it's fire and i definitely want to see a music video for that fire i can only imagine what a music video for that particular song is like number two i was completely wrong about trey young and this is me admitting that i spoke a little bit too fast i'm i'm naturally a contrarian um and if, if you haven't realized already i don't really like agreeing with people uh, it's just not productive I, I think nobody grows when you, when you agree with each other I think it's actually very healthy to have debates It's very healthy to disagree with people regularly So that everybody can grow And so that you can sharpen your argument You know, how are you going to believe something If you never heard the reversal to their argument And that's part of the reason why I was against Trey Young Everybody was on the bandwagon And I refused to jump on that bandwagon And it, it's coming to my demise now Only because now, you know, you might be looking at me like Oh, I can't trust his basketball judgment I can't trust his word Truthfully, I don't even care if you if you if you could trust my judgment or not basketball wise. Just, just just call it how I see it. But yeah, I, I just didn't want to agree with everybody else because of the fact that everybody was on the Trey Young bandwagon. I didn't think that his game would be able to translate to the league. But silly me, the league is literally designed for Trey Young to flourish and that he's doing. They also got a steal the year before with um John Collins. Definitely got to stay with John Collins. Nobody had John Collins on their radar. At least I didn't have John Collins on my radar. And now they got a young Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire out in Atlanta. All they're missing is Cam Reddish, a knockdown shooter. They already got, damn, I forgot. Ah, man, his name slipped my mind. They already got a young boy from, um, from upstate, white boy from upstate. He's a knockdown shooter. All they need is Cam Reddish to complete that trio. And um, last but not least, the Lakers situation is crazy. I'm not going to spend too much time on that Lakers situation. But I definitely did not anticipate LeBron missing the playoffs I didn't even want him to go to LA in the first place I thought that he would make the, the franchise very dysfunctional and overall I thought that LA had enough young talent they didn't need LeBron over time they would have developed into a, a formidable contender in the West and they would have been able to compete for championships over and over and over and I, and I thought and I was right about it LeBron would throw off the um the chemistry that that young Cole was already developing but I didn't think it would go be I didn't think it would be this bad I really didn't think it would be as bad. The moment no superstar jumped to go and play with LeBron James, I'm like, oh yeah, the Lakers in trouble. And that they are. As a matter of fact, if they can't acquire a superstar prior to next season, oh man. 
It's gonna get real spooky out in Los Angeles. It's gonna be really spooky in the city of angels. But um, nonetheless, I, I I guess I wish them the best. You know, um, and it's funny because the the, the Twitter videos of. Magic Johnson speaking at Summer League are starting to resurface. And watching those videos in retrospect, both those videos of him at Summer League announcing the game along with the broadcasters. Well, not really announcing the game, but just joining the game for a little eight-minute segment with the broadcasters. That video along with the press conference video of him and Rob Palenka are very funny, are very funny in retrospect. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But listening to the press conference, not only was Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson overly confident in their roster, I can't necessarily say I can wrong Magic for his thought process or his decision-making process in assembling the team that he did. He literally said, I don't know if he watched every single game. He claimed to watch every single series in the playoffs. He literally said that he watched the playoffs, made an observation, and built a team based off what he saw was flourishing in the playoffs. And I think it's very important. I think this this is a lesson that we can all learn from. It's very important to not judge your decision-making process based on the result of the decision. You could have had a very sound decision-making process and literally things not fall in your favor. You could literally do everything in your control to plan accordingly and things go left. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're at fault. It doesn't mean that your decision-making process was wrong. It doesn't mean that you were wrong. But you got to accept the fact that in life, Luck plays a big part in things. And um, the Lakers just had bad luck. LeBron's groin injury. Brandon Ingram now being out indefinitely. Lonzo Ball now being out for the rest of the season. Luck plays a very big factor in our lives. And I think us as human beings, sometimes we get very arrogant in the sense that we feel like we're always in full control of everything and that things have to go the way we want it or the way that we envision it to go. And I think that Magic Johnson situation with the Lakers is a good way for us to understand that we're not always in control. You can plan accordingly and things can go left. So don't beat yourself up. But instead, find another way to vet and test your decision maker problem. Instead, how about we change the definition of what it means to be wrong? <laughs> no funny shit. You can literally do something that has a 50-50% chance or 50-50 chance of going your way. And if you end up on the wrong end of that 50% chance, everyone blames you and says you're wrong. No, nigga. I literally had a 50% chance of failing it, and I just happened to fall on a 50% chance this time around. So, yeah, that's that's just that's my little two cents. That's my little monologue for today. Here's the conversation with Juju. I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, as, well, as I'm, gonna, I'm popping the first question because I definitely want to know your perspective. Nah, my pop it off. Let's go. All right, let's go. All right. Question? So, in terms of that um documentary that LeBron had, right, and you had Meek Mills, Two Chain, and whoever else was involved in that, mm-hmm. and they were discussing um, do you feel like you owe it to certain people, especially your family, when you make it? So before I give my my perspective on that, I want to know your perspective on that. Do you feel like you owe it to your family when you finally make it? So when you reach whatever level of success that you wanted to reach, do you feel like you owe it to your family? Oh, what exactly? Okay, and that and that's why I asked you that question because when I think about owing somebody, mm-hmm. I think there's an extent to it, whether it's financially, whether it's support, whether it's giving them opportunity. Right. So like one thing for me is that I don't feel like I've been given financially a lot of opportunities, but I've been given physical opportunity to make better of myself. Right. So how I look at it is it goes back to the argument about mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever you're 
nuclear family is like what can you do to suit them financially because right. that's your parents like off rip you have to you do gotta, that you gotta hold it down for mom and dad you have to and then however when it comes to the, the aunts bottle. and the uncles and the cousins <laughs> the insular exactly it's kind of like I feel like there are certain aunts that may have been motherly figures to you or certain mm-hmm. uncles who have been playing the father role. Mm-hmm. So depending on how much you feel like they financially invested in you and like mentally and physically supported you, you can kind of determine on your own what kind of contribution you want to make. I just don't feel like people should expect a certain amount of money from you. It should be like, hey, either I'm going to give you a certain amount of money, but I want you to put it towards this so that you can further take care of yourself because uh-huh. if you only take handouts, you're only going to keep expecting handouts. Expecting handouts. But if I'm giving you opportunity to better yourself, I think that's still something as well because my platform is now being given to you to do that. Exactly. I, I just feel like me personally, offer it, but I don't want to give you money. I wouldn't want to give them money. I, I feel like money is not the answer. Money wouldn't be the first thing that comes to mind. You know exactly. I mean? like, like you said, the moment I give you money, I'm worried because now it's like, yo, you might feel... Every time you come to me, there's money. Mm-hmm. To I'm not a bank. Mm-hmm. And I love you at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you coming to me, it's going to be hard for me to tell you no. Right. So before I even open that Pandora's box, I'm not giving you money, period. Yeah. Me more like, I'll give you opportunity. Exactly. You, I'll give you, exactly. I'll make sure. It'd be, right, don't get me wrong though. It will realistically, like when you get to like this level of success, depending on what your success is, because right. success is different. Right. It may be harder to like give yourself to people because you may not have the time. Time, to, exactly. But I definitely will give them opportunity. Right. But money's not, money's not the question because money's a slippery. It's like, it's it's like you're lending your platform. Or what I could, I could, I could teach you how to fish. You feel me? Like I could mm-hmm. teach you how to get it. Like, right. I could, mm-hmm. Or I could empower you in some way. Like for example, I know that you're a great writer. I can help you. I could, right. I could, mm-hmm connect you with the people that I know but I wouldn't give people I don't I don't like the idea of giving people lump subs of money giving like, someone money never, is not never, the answer and it's crazy because it's funny you brought you open with that because that's something I've been thinking I'm about recently about it. because it's like yo we all aspire to like be these successful people whatever and whatever like whatever we want to do right but when we get there of course money is not the only thing but money is going to come when we get there and exactly it's like, how do I not help the people that I love without them feeling as though I'm a bank exactly Cause yeah. that's the, that's the, that's just how. Cause I don't want to be nobody's bank. I'd rather open one. I'm good. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a bank by myself. I'm not. Like I'm just, I'm just not really, I'm not really here. Where, where did you watch that though? Cause I didn't even see that video. Okay, so it was a. Uh, I think actually. Okay, so I saw the video on like social media in general, and mm-hmm. then I listened to Breakfast Club because I'd be driving early in the <laughs> shout, morning shout and get worried. And then I remember um Charlemagne, DJ Envy, Angela Yee were all discussing like that particular like documentary with um LeBron or whatever, mm-hmm. and like each and every one of them had a different perspective. I don't really remember Angela Yee talking much but i know envy was giving his piece they be doing dirty but that's a different conversation yeah they do honestly the interviewees be doing her dirty as well i'm gonna get into that also. no i think it's because I like because... i feel like they don't even like acknowledge her but we can get into that too we're yeah, we'll yeah, we'll 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 but like i know like charlamagne for example he was mm-hmm. talking about no actually no dj envy put like charlamagne on blast and was like how you know i respect it but, like, Charlemagne acts like a bank, you know? Like, if somebody, like, comes up to him and says, like, they need something, like, Charlemagne's always very giving. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because, like, for me, the concept of giving is very funny to me because it's just, like, I don't feel like I need to be giving with my money. I feel like I should be giving with myself and, like, helping you find a way with my opportunities and my network as well. Well, I think I think that also that speaks to the closed-mindedness of people because people automatically or only think that money is the only way you can yeah, give. Yeah, you can give with time, your, your platform, everything, yeah. Like, I feel like even for me, like, one thing that I feel like has always driven me is just always being in a place where not only am I benefiting from my network and my environment, right. but being able to also include other people who need that help to have access to what I have, too. You get me? Like, nah, that's, that's how I look at it. That's something I definitely respect about you because anytime you're in a position of power, you always yeah, back and help Yeah, you have to. And I, I remember, yo, literally first semester, we got to Albany, what, 4, 14? Yeah. <laughs> literally the first semester. I'm not exaggerating. Literally the first semester. <laughs> 
Literally the first semester. <laughs> I keep emphasizing that because it was literally four fourteen. We- Remember, I spoke to Juju early semester. And I told him I had interest in like sports broadcast stuff. Mm-hmm. Like By the end of the semester, she was interviewing me. Yeah. For a marketing internship. Yep. Now, yeah. That's the type of person she is. I always respect her from day one Please. because she's always reaching out and helping people who, who um have similar interests to her and I always respect that about you and I think yeah just like and that's part of the reason why people our age don't really like taking opportunities from a company right. if it's not paid right. because people automatically think yo I need money Yeah, money is the answer money is success money is everything mm-hmm. I mean, and it's just I don't know scary I feel like you should mix it up. I feel like, I mean, depending on where you are, if you're like in between your education stages, so whether you're mm-hmm. going from undergrad, taking a year off, then going to grad school, or if you're still like an undergraduate student, I feel like you should probably mix it up with some volunteer experience and them having that, that paid experience. Because you obviously don't want to commit yourself 40 hours a week, a week right. and not getting paid for it. However, if you can find a part-time position that's funding you and taking care of you to sustain yourself, and at the same time finding a volunteer experience that's giving you the substance that you need to better market yourself, Personally, I think that's a good blend. That's a fact, and you—it doesn't. You didn't even have to volunteer forty hours a week. You, you shouldn't volunteer forty hours. A week. <laughs> if you're volunteering forty hours a week, that's very problematic. I don't like, think anybody about, should do about, that. It's all about like you know strategizing. Like you could volunteer for ten hours a week. You can exactly. Volunteer, you can volunteer for twenty hours one week. Get mixed the other hours. And mix it up. Yeah. Mix it up. I just feel like yeah, it's all about figuring out what works for you. Exactly. Because some people pay rent. Some people pay light. Like I feel like for some of us, we're fortunate where we may be paying certain bills, but not all the, but bills. Not all the bills. Like right. that's me. Like I don't pay. I don't pay rent, I don't pay light, but I pay car insurance, I pay my own personal bills, credit card mm. bills, um, I pay Susu. You know what Susu is? Yeah, I know the Susu Yeah, is. I do I Susu, Susu as well. So, like, I have all kinds of miscellaneous bills that I have to pay uh-huh. for, but I don't have to pay for and the and most and expensive them, ones. Them student loans is kicking that. And I pay student loans. It's starting to hurt me. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I got to bring that up, too. It's <laughs> starting to hurt me. I got to bring that up. Okay. So, I have a question, right? Right. Okay. So, I'm lucky. This tax season, I'm getting a good, I'm, I'm getting a good refund. Right. I don't even know and if like, I found my taxes. I got nah, Yeah, get you probably that. should do that. Okay. Should. So I don't. I wonder what you think. Okay. So I'm getting back a good amount of money, a couple grand. And at first, my plan initially was to take that three thousand, um, put it in stock because I have been investing a little bit, playing around with it, took money out, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. And I was thinking about leaving that money in whatever stock account. Let it get grow for a couple of months, and then whatever yes. I get from it, I'll put it towards my business because there's something else that I want to do alongside the main part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I need more funding to do that. But then I'm thinking about the amount of interest that I'm, I'm going to accrue on my student loans, and I'm debating if I should just take that money and just put it towards my loan. Well, anytime somebody brings up student loans, even though student That's loan hard. payments are annoying, I always tell people that student loans are like the most lenient type of it's yeah, true. It's type of debt. So I wouldn't rush to pay it back. Like, I would always, the interest is crazy. And, it's, and it, I think me. it's smart to like try to consolidate it. Yeah. So that you're paying one fixed interest rate. But I wouldn't rush to pay it back only because if I can find a way to invest this money and flip it, mm-hmm. I'd rather do that than just throw the government all my bread. That, that's how I right felt. Away. Yeah. Like, you know I, I mean? don't know. Like, y'all already, y'all already got this, hmm. this, this this chain hanging around my neck. No it's word. me down. It's just like, and I can go rather... back to school. So it's like, uh, it's like, should I just like wait it off and then just like, Feel a burden when I get out of grad school, or and then well, damn, a lot of people do that too. A lot of people just go That's right back right to grad weight. school, That's and it's just like, all right, weight, once you go back but... to grad school, it's, it's in the, you go back with the deferment or whatever, mm-hmm. and pay back right away. Right. So that I I would say I would you wait it out. Ri- I say wait it out. Take the risk. Okay. Take take the money. Do whatever you want to do with it. Invest it in your own personal mm-hmm. business. The thing with stocks, though, I would say that's something that you that's like a long term thing, not just monthly. You may see like substantial monthly growth with stocks, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think I think that's like a long term investment. 
No, it depends. This mixture. You could have short term goals. You could have mid term goals. You could have long term goals. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that I would invest in for long term, and there's certain things that I would invest in for short term. Right. So for example, like some things that I had played with in the past was Elbram, um, Starbucks, and some other things because I didn't expect for me to keep that money in there for a long period of time. I just wanted to test it out and see what I can get within a certain time frame. Do you do you like when you invest in stocks? Do you invest in like a certain in a certain industry, or is it just brands you like? Um. I feel like for me, uh, I'm not an expert, mm-hmm. so I'm like still experimenting with it. So what I'll do is like you know like look up different charts and trends and stuff like that. Cause like I would watch like a series of YouTube videos, just like talk like hearing different people talk about like what are the smartest ways to invest. Because right. you obviously, unless you have a financial advisor, you obviously are not gonna have somebody just tell you what to do. You get exactly. me? And you kind of have to figure out what do you care about or what do you care enough about to even invest in. So for me, it's just like playing it out, like just to say, like for me, it's like you don't want to put money in there that you're scared to lose. So like I just took like a couple hundred dollars or whatever the case is, just threw it at different things, mm-hmm. just took notice if it was growing, if it wasn't. Luckily, everything grew. I mean, no. when I, when that, I, I tried investing, I lost money and I yeah. just got, I, I, I got, got lucky. Tight. I just pulled it out. I gotta, I gotta find, I gotta find a different method. But yeah, like I, I put money in and I was mm-hmm. just like, right, it's value for me. My stocks gonna go up. But honestly, though, know, I, I would say like look into like whatever field you're naturally interested in, mm-hmm. and then think about that. But I know in general, like when I was looking up stuff, they said like the cannabis industry because you know politically that's a big conversation. Right. Um, the cannabis industry is still, it's still weird to me. I don't know how, I still don't know how that works. So I just stay away from it. Honestly, it, just, it, it just shows you that on a state level versus federal level, we're just not on the same page. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's ever like that. I think yeah. That's, that's, that's really what it is. I wouldn't say that's the beauty of the country. Well, I say I, I say I the beauty cool, of the country because it's, it's like you have you have fifty states who literally can do whatever they want like, right. on, on a state level. At right. least we don't have to all do exactly the same thing. That's, True. That's the, that's the beauty. The thing. only weird part Call about it though is that like if you grow up in a state where everything is very liberal or like you have more opportunity to do whatever it is you care about, and mm-hmm. then you have to go somewhere else, it's kind of like you're just gonna feel mad weird. Like it's like going from LA and then coming to New York and then getting locked up for having a couple, you know, on you. Like, no, nah, that's that's facts. That's why you gotta know you gotta know the state laws. Yeah, you know. where you? Where, I feel like you should do your research. Versa, though, you go, you, I feel like if you live in New York and you go anywhere, you valid. This true. Like, you can go to New York if, if you live. If yeah, no, it's true. This true. You can flourish literally any anywhere. It's true. So that's that's the beauty. I don't know if I could leave. You would you would move? I want to do like a three year stint. Somewhere okay. Else. Three year stint. Okay. But I'm also afraid that hmm. I'm gonna go do a three year stint. Realize it's so easy because I'm from New York and not come back. That's true too. Like that's that's a fear of mine. I don't know if I want to leave New York. If I was to move out of New York, it would have to be after grad school. I definitely want to stay here for the next like two and a half years mm. for sure. But I'd be thinking like, what are other people like? What are other people interested in in terms of like where they would go? Like, cause you know, like New York people, we always feel like, oh, we can just grind anywhere or whatever right. the case is. I but think, everyone's on their LA flex. I think I would go. Yeah, everybody's going to LA. I yeah, like everyone. Going everybody's going. LA. Everybody's, I think LA. everybody's literally getting up and going to LA. Bio <laughs> says New York to, to LA. LA. I'm just like, what's <laughs> exactly. <in> LA? <laughs> Honestly, I went to LA. I thought it was regular. Just a couple palm trees. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool, but I mean, could be a new. But no, no one has fun like New York people. I personally feel like that. I feel like honestly, like anywhere I've ever been, and like went to a party or an event or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. whether it's like Houston, Atlanta, um, LA, like no one. Has fun has like us. But nobody know. stays up as late as us either. So okay, like every, that's everywhere true. Everywhere closes early. Everywhere okay. closes early. So it's just that's like, probably why. Like, I, like honestly, I feel like no nowhere compares to how we turn up. Like, I my, just life, really my life in New York is literally different. That's true. Like that's 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 a, everything in New York is different. Though. Honestly, the way we interact what, with each other, the, the way the way like the hustle and the bustle. Like, yeah, I don't think I could leave. 
We go vibrate on a high frequency here in New York. Yeah, I think New York is great. But right. wait, but before that though, I definitely want to come back to the Angelique thing. Right. All right. right. So you it's go. Not, it's not, well, my thing, my, my take with Angelique is this: I just feel like everybody's gotten so comfortable. Well, two things about the <laughs> first things first. I think Charlemagne has reached to a point as a journalist where he's just he's better than everybody else in the breakfast. Like he's literally transcended the platform of the Breakfast Club. Whether or not he wants to admit it, uh-huh. I, actually, I think he knows it, but he just doesn't want to leave because he's so comfortable there. Okay. And he actually, outside of the Breakfast Club, they're actually friends. Like, they actually like they actually have a relationship. Oh, all honestly, three of them. It, I would think they're friends. Like, they're I would think friends. so, they, yeah. They've been doing this for like 10 years together, so they actually oh, have a relationship. Oh, okay. It's been a minute, so it's like, for him to just get up and right. leave and do what he wants to do, it'll be a little selfish. Like, oh, from just, I don't mm. know what he's thinking. It's just right. my, it may be a little stuff that he probably doesn't want to do that. That's one. So Charlamagne just transcended everybody else as a, as a journalist. Being mm-hmm. that he transcended everybody else mm-hmm. on that show as a journalist, everybody, all of the guests, automatically gravitate towards Charlamagne. That's true. Like That's it's true. like if you watch, you watch the way everybody interacts with the guest there. Not That's only true. is the guest sitting literally right next to Charlamagne, but they look at him like they, 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 they oh exactly. Like, actually, like, I noticed that. Like I paid attention to everything. Yo, I think I was like, watching the Cory Booker one. Cory Booker no, was literally they like, like this with Charlamagne. Like he was literally. He has a good voice, you know. Like he's like he's the voice of the people. Right, like people the, listen to him. It's crazy because DJ Envy's the A mic. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the A mic. He's the one who runs the show. But Charlamagne's just the better journalist. Are you serious? Yeah, that's why oh, morning everybody's DJ NV. Charlamagne, he always the one that starts oh. the show off. He's the A mic. But Charlamagne's just so good that yeah, he's good. He literally takes all the energy towards him. And it's just like I hmm. think also another thing that blows my too from a from a production standpoint, the, the way the camera angle is. Okay, it just makes it very hard. Okay, so because it's like, it's like it's him, and then there's the other it's two on the side. Charlamagne, the guest, and then and then they and have then, to start yeah. moving the camera to get that's to DJ. True. So naturally, it just makes it hard for, to even get Angela into the show. That's true. So it's just like it's so many factors working against Angela that it's not even really her fault. That's and I, I don't true. think that they're even doing it intentional, but it's, it's, it's yeah, bad I don't sometimes. think it's intentional. But it's like for sometimes. her, like I feel like DJ Envy, like I feel like. He gets a good amount of attention, but it's not excessive as it is for Charlemagne. But mm-hmm. I feel like he seems like he's cool about that. Then like Angela Lee, I feel like guests like literally come on the show and like there's just certain <laughs> figures I feel like they don't really acknowledge her that's like crazy. that. That's like so I don't know if it's just me, but like I really feel like they don't notice her that that's much. Like, and what and other things I noticed too is like not even like disrespectfully, like they won't do it like in any rude manner. Mm-hmm. But like like you know how everybody like has moments where they're passionate about something, so right. they all go back and forth, back and forth, and like talk on top of each other. I feel like when it comes to her and they have one of those moments, like they just really shut her out. Like, and I don't think it's like a woman thing. I just feel like for some reason, like just her, like that Yo, just and that happens. Was, I, was, I was gonna ask you that. I'm glad like, you, I, I was gonna ask that because that was my next question. I think, like, is I it think there's problems thing? with women in media in general, but right. like I don't want to say like that situation is because she's a woman. They're ignoring her. I wouldn't really say it's that because it wasn't. Really, I, think, I don't feel like it was always think, like that. That's, that's that. something that's that's been over the past I, I, like I two three years. I think Charlamagne is probably more interesting, and that's the reason why. Like I don't think like that's like a woman issue in that particular space. In general, I'm sure there's problems with women in media and so on and so forth, and getting certain opportunities to like lead and be executives or whatever the case may be but mm-hmm. in that particular place i don't know if it's like you said the angle or like charlamagne's that good but i just don't feel like she gets her shine i don't know if she's not as responsive or engaging i mean charlamagne is aggressive and he does ask the questions that we all want to ask but we're not going it's a fact. to it's a fact. so i feel like maybe he just naturally gets that attention which is why it's kind of easy to shut everybody out because I feel like Angela's, Angela Yee's more, like, reserved. She's not going to say certain things that are going to trigger certain conversations. Right. So maybe that's what it is, but it don't look good all the time. And I be feeling bad. Nah, nah I just, nah. <clears throat> I, I, I think just Charlamagne just so good as a journalist that everybody automatically comes to the show. And I'm just, not going to lie, he's good. Let's <laughs> speak to Charlamagne. And it's like... Like, you, you hate him, but you love him at the same time. It's like... Yo, I don't, like I, well, I never hated him, though. I don't know. Maybe no, people because do. People, people, people definitely hate him. him. People I think, hate and him. I think when, especially early in his career, a lot of women hated him, too. Yeah, that's true. But when I started really paying attention to journalism and Charlamagne... Then you understand, yeah. 
Yeah. So I was like, I, I, I got to the, by the time I was introduced to him, mm-hmm. I was over like all of the other little petty shit that he was doing. Cause like, he don't really, not, nothing that he says really affects me. Right. So it's just like, I never really, I never really pay attention to that. So but as an interviewee, do you feel like they have reasons to feel like he can make them uncomfortable? Cause I feel like he goes pretty hard. He's evasive. Like now, but... I feel like now he wouldn't. Now, okay. now it's like, now that he's like, he's like, well, he's probably like, I think he's like 40 now. Oh, and the way that he oh, approaches yeah. the interviews okay. is a little different. Like when he was younger, he would definitely like when he was like in his early thirties when he, he first got mm-hmm. the radio. He'll go crazy. He was some wild shit. Like, okay. He'd be old and invasive. That's when he would always turn. <laughs> he would always backtrack and start talking about sex every interview. Like he would always just find a way to bring up sex. Like if he didn't know what to talk about, he'd bring up sex. Oh, that's a thing for real. Yeah, like he oh, would ask. Yeah, if you go on YouTube, it's, it's some wild videos. If you go on YouTube, like yo, Charlemagne, like. Um, what's the word? What's the word? Compilation. It would be a, wild, a lot of wild shit. Really? That you come I'm up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's old shit though. But I it's actually like, never noticed that. Nah, that's, but it's, it's because it's old now. But recently, it's just like the way he approaches interviews. He makes people comfortable in a way that no, he does. Nobody else can. He could either make you very comfortable or, or make very you very uncomfortable. uncomfortable. But if, yeah, right. if you're not the truth, he's going to make you uncomfortable. Exactly, exactly. Because you know for a fact he's going to ask you questions that mm-hmm. nobody wants to ask, but it's he true. needs to be asked. Now, I'll give you an example. Like, um, I know he was interviewing Danny Lay, Danny Lee, nah, my little babe. Yeah, okay, okay, that's all. Right. Something familiar. like that, yeah. And, like, I don't really blame him for how he asked the question, mm-hmm. but it just, like, having somebody in your face pressing you and, like, try to, like, make you feel guilty about stating certain things. So, like... She was kind of expressing like her journey and like you know how she did gigs with Prince and this person and that person and she was a dancer first became an artist afterwards and right. the way her journey sounded through the interview made it seem like you know like she fully was able to do this on her own but obviously Charlemagne always knows Charlemagne a lot more and he was like oh so you did this on your own like again like you made this happen blah 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 and she's like yeah I did this I did that. Then he comes with, oh, but I heard your mom used to work for MTV and so on and so forth. And um, I mean, did you get these opportunities because of your mom? I was supposed to like, well, yeah, you know, my mom. And it was kind of like, damn, like. It's like, 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 you just gave me credit for doing it on my own, but then you just snatched it back. He took it right back. It's like, I got to praise him for it. That's real journalism. But it's like, damn, so I feel bad. It's like, damn. It's like, you know, let her look good. You be crushing people's spirits. Listen, if Kylie could say she's a self-made billionaire, let the sis that's, give that's her a little story. I'm not gonna lie, it's been bothering me, and I've been seeing it a lot more. It, 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 but perspective, self-made perspective. Do you think people? Do you think people really think she's a self-made, but or do you think it's, it's propaganda? I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, we could acknowledge her as a billionaire, and I, I will absolutely applaud that part. I feel like self-made to me has to be financial. If you, if people try to debate what whether self-made is about your grit versus the financial part of it, then that could be an interesting argument because some people will say maybe she was self-made. <clears throat> excuse me, because she put in the extra work in comparison to her sisters, and I could definitely say that's probably true. I don't really follow Kylie. I never bought her, pro- her products before, so right. I mean that's why for me I always felt a way because I can confidently say I never bought anything of hers. I don't watch their show. I don't care about that to family. Her, to her so I, 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 I feel like I can complain about certain things, but um, maybe she had the grit. Maybe she put in a lot of work to get to where she is financially. Though you can't be self made. Like there's no way she could say she, that. She was. She didn't come up from. A- from a point where, where she, she didn't have anything poor and disenfranchised yeah. and she rose to the top and became a I mean and you know what it was right. too I think they had stated that um she's the first she's the youngest self-made billionaire and owns 100% of her company but there were already millionaires why would she not own 100% yeah, she, of that uh, kind yeah, of her, company her, her, her starting point was at like probably 100 million yeah you get me it's kind of so like what easier. else do you and expect and she already had the, the platform and the attention by like just by naturally you get me? Like, I mean, you Look guys have, like, a is. whole media type of, you know, thing around your family. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, 
how do you not cultivate some form of success? But billionaire status is a big deal. I think she should get her, you know, kudos for that because the other ones aren't billionaires. And if she did that at 21, she did something different, whatever it is. How do you feel about the how do you feel about people who say that it's very... I, I, I don't know the word, but there's a lot of people who are against the idea of people even being billionaires. They look around and they say there's a lot of homeless people in our world, homeless people in our country. Oh, yes, okay. And... It, yes. it's very I can't even find a word I, I can't, have, I can't I even find a word I have two perspectives on that let's hear two. okay I don't have I can't choose a side yet because I feel like I have my own internal conflict right but you choose a side on your own time yeah but I personally feel like it sucks to see people be so wealthy mm-hmm. and be so reserved with their money while other people are really struggling however who makes these people rich right you get me so it's kind of like for me I can't really get mad and say that someone should take their money and do something with it that suits me as someone who's like, you know, low middle class or whatever the case right. is. It's, because it's easy for us to, to tell them rich. what to do with their money. Right? You, but we make them rich. You can't just like wake up in the morning and do a couple of things and make money. The only way you're going to become a millionaire or a billionaire is if you have a lot of customers, clients, people who are using your service or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And if you are using that person's product, it's kind of like, how can you really get mad for someone being that wealthy when they've created something that people are interested in you know so it's like you don't just like pick up a million dollars on the floor or a billion dollars on the floor and say hey i'm a billionaire you are you gonna be mad at me you, just, you, you get me like people actually dollars. build that you get me like right. i mean even like you know trump <laughs> you feel me like <laughs> i mean he had a small quote-unquote loan of a million dollars and i mean god knows what he did to make it a billion because you know that was not clean I was, that's what i was whatsoever. going with because the, the, the verse was today a lot of people argument is that a lot, well a lot of people they, automatically think when you're a billionaire things. you do bad things to get there I don't know if that's Honestly, not, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe that. Maybe because of the, the 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 persona that a lot of these billionaires put on, it's hard for me to believe that. I'll tell you what it is. They're all evil people. They're no, all evil, no, wicked not, people. I wouldn't say that. I would say that, and to be real with you, as much as I want to like say they're bad people or they did bad things, people do bad things and be bad people to make a thousand dollars. I mean, let's just be honest. Like you have people who like rob people. People putting bodies on heads right now for like a thousand dollars. You know, so it's like if you're gonna criticize somebody for doing evil things to get to that type of status, it's kind of like there's people doing a lot of crazy things to get way less money than that. To any status that they want to get to, right? I also think that it's not necessarily about them doing faulty things, but maybe they're working with faulty people who are doing faulty things as well. But I mean, that's just the money game it's kind of like we can say we want to say about it but i just feel like unless like you're really like manipulating people like mm-hmm. seriously with their money on some like hey i'm gonna give you this but i'm actually not gonna give it to make you. it false promises, money right. that's different you get me but if you guys are doing some other things whatever i don't know what it is i mean like i said we make them rich well and i think i think a lot of people don't realize too once you have a certain amount of money it's much easier to, to, to do a lot of other money. things with it yeah so it's like once you because like you, you can grind you can grind for 10 years to finally get to a million dollars and when you finally get 10 million dollars you, you get to 10 million in two you years really... you know what i mean so it's much easier to make money once you have a lot of money so it's not as mm-hmm. like the, the pursuit is a little different like the pers- no, it's, it's all about very different the, yeah the pursuit is much different so it is different the, all of the evil things that you might think that they're doing for it mm-hmm. may not necessarily be that drastic mm-hmm. being that once you get to a certain um once you get to a certain point, it's just easy to get there. It is. And most importantly, once you put yourself around those people, it's not so much the money, but it's the transfer of information that, yep. that gets them the money. Yep. So just knowing where to put your money mm-hmm. automatically gets you more money. It's so true. it's just it's a lot that goes into and it. And like media attention or whatever the case is. Exactly. People so acknowledging I can't, I can't, what you do. I can't look at you and say, Yes, don't get me wrong. It, right. it, it pains well, that's the beauty of living back. Going back to what we were saying before, that's the beauty mm-hmm. of living in New York City because you'll be on the tra- you'll be on the train, you'll be on like a you like for example, the four train. Right. It literally takes you. Matter of fact, fuck the four. The A train. It literally takes you from Rockaway right. all the way to the top of uh, Manhattan. Right. 
on that A line, you see so much different type of people, so many different things on That's that true. A on that A line. You see people going to work, doing a whole bunch of great things, but at the same time, you see a lot of poor. That's and true, right? People. You see a lot of homeless people in the train. That's true. So it hurts at the same. It hurts. You feel for you those people. What, and but it's like, yeah, I hate the fact that there's homeless people in the world, but right. it's like I can't hold somebody right. for reaching that level of bringing mm -hmm. their status for putting in the work that they did to get there. You know what it is though. I feel like also. I feel like it's so. One thing about me, I've always realized that strategy brings more results than just throwing money at something. Right. I just learned it through my experience in general. And when it comes back to the whole content of homelessness, I think it's way more than just money because people become homeless for different reasons. Some people went broke because they were doing drugs or they just happen happen to mentally go insane or whatever the I case may be. Why, I always want to know that. No. How, did, how does it get I want to ask. But you can, I want to ask. I'm not going to front. If you pay attention to the homeless people in, in the city, it's not all of them are like mentally. Like, no, they're not. No, a good true. amount of them are literally just homeless. No, it's not true. A, it's a good amount of them are literally just homeless. It's so, so I always want to know, especially people that are, like, that are not like mentally ill. How did you get here? No, it's true. It's a mixture of family problems or maybe someone took everything from you. You don't have anyone to support you. You move about, you maybe move from LA to New York City, think you're gonna have a better life, and That's it didn't work that way. I never way. thought about that. A lot of people, yo, I never thought about that. It could be anything. You could literally move cross country, and it doesn't, it doesn't, and work it out. just doesn't work out for you. It's possible. And then what do you do? But you know what, too, though? That's why I say, like, I don't know if, like, throwing money at something is the issue necessarily because maybe there needs to be a strategy or a plan to kind of, like, sweep people off the streets and maybe, like, clean them up somehow and put them in places where you're, like, giving them workshops and training them to, like, better advertise themselves and market themselves. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to fix it. I don't personally. I wish I did. I always think about it nah, whenever I walk on 125th Street. That's something I always think about. Listen. But Walk on 125th Street by the 6th train, mm -hmm. and you'll start thinking about what you could do to fix the problem because they have a whole corner. <laughs> like, it's you know what's crazy. crazy I, take the, I take the E a lot, and I, there's times where I see the same mm -hmm. people. There's this one guy. No, yeah, it's consistent. He literally has no lower body, and he's moving through the cars. I'm just like, yo, how? You're lying. I'm like, you mean you tell me he can't go to any hospital and they, they can't take him in like no like nowhere. Oh yeah, no, no hospital church they're not taking him. There's a guy yep. like there's a guy who literally nope. has an open sore on his foot like you can tell no. that he probably suffers from something. They're not taking him. It's yo, it's yo, it's crazy. Yeah, no and it's funny. Sure I remember one time I was walking through the I was moving through the train doors and I got a ticket for it. I didn't even know you get a ticket for that. I know, I know that either. And the, the boys, I was talking, I was talking. To, I'm like, pretty much, I'm gonna keep it a stack with you. The reason why I went through the, um, the train doors is because I was on this train and that shit was smelling crazy because right. I was a homeless person. Right, exactly. And I wanted to get to the next one. He's like, yo, listen. The city, not the city, the MTA has been attacking the police, saying that we should be moving them off the train, but we feel like it's the MTA that should be doing it. So the MTA and the, mm. the MTA, yeah, the MTA and the police department are currently going head to head trying to figure Who out what they should be responsible for. Yeah, but it's just like, yo, I don't, I don't know. What the this is a humanitarian is. issue. Somebody no, should is. come together and figure that out. Period. Right, it's true. Like you should try to just throw it off for somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, is there an organization for? Like for the homeless, I'm sure there, there is. There, there, I'm sure there, there are like a lot. Not, not there is. There's a city agency geared towards homelessness, but I don't know. And it also takes. It also depends too, because the way that that home, the way that city agency works, mm -hmm. it um it houses people in the right. homeless shelters. So I can well, yeah. have certain That's not enough either. That's not enough. The shelters are not enough. I want to see people in the train station pulling these people off the train. No, that's true. I don't see that. I never see that. But you know what it is though. I notice. I feel like if they pull them off the train, what's gonna happen? They gonna come right back. And... If you pull them off the train and, and give them a shelter. They might leave. Not you know give them a shelter, but put them in a shelter. Too? Like, you know how like, people always talk about how, um, even like people who are like mentally sane, like you're fine. And people always say, you can't help someone that doesn't, doesn't want to be helped. Help. Do you get me? So if you're talking like that about mentally sane people, imagine someone who's not in the right state of mind. And like, we're just thinking about how we're going to prepare them to like fix themselves. But they probably don't want to be fixed either too. You know, you know like. There's a good, for every homeless person that wants to get out of the situation, there's a good amount of homeless people who are legitimately content. No, yeah, it's like, true. Like, there's homeless people who you see on the street, like, literally on the street, on the, on, on, like, on the side mm -hmm. of the building with blankets on them, cooling. And they be chilling. Chilling. 
in LA they and have tents. In, they have, they have, like, they, they have, they have homeless like, like neighborhoods and shit like that, bro. I put money if you if we would have give them a job they wouldn't want it because no, it's they, like yo yeah, I'm, I'm living a stress free content life. It's true, yeah. Like, I don't even need much to be. As a matter of fact, they might be happier than some well, of us. Some, some of them are. Some, low. Of them, some of them do be happy. Right. True. So it's like true. at that point. It's like what do you do there? It's like, but that's why I say it's like if you don't want to be fixed or you don't think there is something to be fixed, it's like you're not gonna take that opportunity to change. Oh, I never thought about that. Some of them are dead ass happy. Something, yeah. And it's damn. Some of them. I mean, think about like rich people and all these like people who like killing themselves because they have all this money, but they're still stressed out. They're still miserable. It's like everybody has their own version of what it means to be happy. And that's I feel like sometimes you may have a vision of what you think is gonna be your happiness, but until you experience different stages of financial problems or family problems or whatever it is, you actually figure out for yourself what's happiness. So how, how do you how do you how do you think people figure out what happiness is without? Finding happiness in their goals, because a lot of people, mm-hmm. like a lot of people, will set different goals. Like you said, yeah, you, you'll you'll put out this image of what you think happiness is to mm-hmm. you, and you get that image, and yeah. it's not happy. Like now you're not happy. You realize you get there, you realize it's mm-hmm. not gonna make me happy. So it's like, how do you really find happiness? How you figure out what happiness is if you oh. can't even find happiness in the things you're doing? I don't know. I think it's all trial and error, honestly. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like seeking this thing called happiness is kind of weird. I feel like you should always, like, you know, set goals for yourself, hoping that life could be better for what you think is better. Mm. I don't think life getting better necessarily means you're happier because life getting better Mm. could be financial to you. You get me? Like, that's how I always look at that. Like, what do you mean by you want your life to be better? Do you want to be better, like, in terms of your emotions, your mental state, your health, your finances? Like, what is better to you? Because being better doesn't always equate to being happier. It just means that maybe you're more self-sustainable or whatever else the case may be right so when it comes to being happy i think it is trial and error like you don't try on purpose but it's just like you live life you go through things and you just figure out at what stage did you feel like you were content with who you are as a person and that probably is what means happiness to you like i think i'm pretty happy i mean i think we all go through problems whether mm-hmm. it's like you know all different kinds of things you could probably go to and you, anything you can imagine yeah honestly go through it. but personally i think i'm a happy person i don't know why i'm happy like people always <laughs> say like why are you always smiling why are you always talking to everybody why are you so social like i don't i really truly dislike being around people nah, cause you, like you you you, you probably raised in, in a happy environment everybody I can't I say I was happy either i don't know about that but <laughs> <laughs> nah, i don't this, know if the environment is- was happy and there's something that has been boggling my mind because it's like, yo, I think, I don't know, I think everybody, like you said, everybody finds happiness in different things. And I yeah, think you do. I'm telling you. I've like, Me recently, I've been trying to just find happiness in just like the simple things. That like, is true. Being gratitude, right. being gratitude about, is gratitude about a word? I don't know, know. but it's... it's- but you know, you know, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Just having gratitude, mm-hmm. showing gratitude, just about the smallest things in life. No, like, it's true. I remember one day, like I saw my, my mom was like, "Yo, the fridge's smiling." And I'm like, "Nah, the fridge's not small. It's full." <laughs> like just finding, and, and that was your optimism, right? right. Just finding exactly. ways to just be happy about even the smallest things in life. Because I just start to realize it's like, yo, some people really just like even even being able to say y'all could take a shower anytime right. I want to. Right. You know what I mean? Like just having running water, like mm-hmm. sh- like little small shit like that. Right. Like just finding happiness in the small things so that. When you are blessed with something quote unquote big mm-hmm. or like something that you always wanted, mm-hmm. it's even better. Okay. Because like I wasn't even really expecting that because I was true. happy with all with, with well, what what I you had already. Had. Yeah. And it's like and it's funny because like I think I think when it like going back to what we were saying, mm-hmm. I think when you set goals for yourself and say this is what I want to mm-hmm. be happy, mm-hmm. once you finally like I think that the the constant pursuit of like setting goals for yourself, mm-hmm. I can see how it can make you miserable because let's no, say you can. set a goal yeah. for something and you finally get to that goal, the goal's right here, What's you next? finally get to the goal. You auto- exactly. You automatically thinking, what's next? What's next? What's next? So Obama talks about but, it. Right. Becoming, but, yeah. But all you, all you, you forgot that I literally asked to be right here. Right. Yeah. We never take the time to just to just live in that present moment and nope. say, 
this is what I want. Five years ago, I wanted mm-hmm. to be here, and I'm here now. And look at me being a grateful woman. Yep. What I want five years from now. Yep. Just be happy. Just live in the present moment right now. Right. In this present moment, this is what you wanted. Right. And then once you've lived in that present moment, and you really fully absorb it, however long it takes, mm-hmm. then when God feels like, I bet you're ready to receive more. Right. That's when it's like, oh shit, now I'm getting more stuff. I ain't even really. No, I definitely. I like, I like you, that perspective. You, you, yeah. Now you, when you right. appreciate things, more things come to you. It's no, just, true. It's like you said, it's trial and error because it's I not like easy. I like that perspective because it's just like, like you said before, like I feel like goal setting is to create a better life for yourself and mm-hmm. to create a better life for those around you. In terms of happiness, it has to be something that's more present day. It has to be something that's more or less like, what is something that you've always been exposed to that has always excited you or made you feel comfortable? And I feel like for me, I've moved a lot. Like, I lived in a lot of different places at a lot of different times because of different things that I had to go through financially. Just constantly being able to adapt. And, but everywhere I moved, there was always, like, a community of people around, whether it was at school, in the hood, in the neighborhood, whatever it is. And I felt like I've personally always been, like, around people who told me that I'm, I'm, I'll be great in life, blah, blah, blah. I never had naysayers, so I I would never sing a song and be like, my teacher teacher told me I wasn't going to make it. I I never never had that. I never had that. that. Like, honestly, no one ever looked me in my face. I mean, behind the scenes, I don't know what people say about me. Mm -hmm. But in my face, I've always had genuine support. You get me? Like, I always say that I'm a production of, like, gay sayers. Like, no one has ever told me, Juju, you can't be something. The only bad thing is, you fat. (laughs) (laughs) I was fat when I was younger, you know? Because I was like, yo, when you going to lose me? Like, (laughs) all right, that, that, all right, when it comes to the weight, that might have been a different story. It's but funny, like, I was always told I was old. I was always told I was always told I was old. black when I was younger, but when I now that I grow up, I'm like, it's like, I, really, I mean, I all right, I've seen black and niggas. I'm just like, I mean, whatever, I guess. Like, okay. So it's like, yeah, happiness has to be like just something that you've always been exposed to, and that like, you always felt like that was your way of seeking excitement. You get me? Like whether it was friends, teachers, supporters, whoever it was, like mm-hmm. just being around people has always made me excited and happy. Like that's why I'm always smiling at people. I, I say hi to strangers. Just don't say hi back. It's cool if you want to say hi back. Nah, I'll say I, hi I, I think I think I, it's funny when I walk on the street. I say hi to strangers, kind of t- kind of to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, like no, I feel like no, when you walk yeah. past somebody, I think sometimes people be afraid. No, they do. They probably, probably want to say hi to you. I, I might even just I might even just smile just so you're a little comfortable. I do just that. so you don't wild out on the tech. I because like... because <laughs> listen, you might be afraid of me, and next thing you know, you jump, you make a move because you was afraid. Right. And to avoid all of that, right. I make eye contact, smile, like, you give a little head nod or something, just so you know we're here. Life is short. Honestly, I feel like life is long. No, life is long. Okay. I think life is long. Why? Why you say that? I like. Just, I never heard that it before. It just is, bro. Cause okay. I just, Cause I don't, I don't like the idea like that. People, I say life is short. Okay. Like. I never heard somebody counteract that and say no, life is long. Not life is that. long. Cause think about it. Think I mean, about it is. Even if even if you don't live like, what do you think a long life is to you? Let's throw numbers at no, it. Just so and, just so and we that's have... why I say I like what you're saying because it's true. Like, all right, I think a long life. All right. I want my dad to live till 116. 100 is, why because I don't want him to go no time soon. What's 16? 116. Like he can't leave before that. Like he no, he can't. 116. Yes. Why? Why 116? Why? What's the significance oh, because, behind 116? All right, 116 because the last time I checked the stats, mm-hmm. that was probably a couple years ago. That the, <laughs> the, the 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 oldest person in. The U.S., I think it was, was 116. So me being close to my dad, I told him that he has to exceed the age of the oldest person living in the United States. So that's, that's so a long sweet. life to me. But but look at that. You saying life is short, but you already speaking to existence that your dad's going to yeah, live to Yeah, it's true. No, it's true. Exactly. That's why I like that perspective. That's true. No, nah, I just feel like people Damn. always tell us that. Um, like people always mm. like. I, I just I don't like I don't like the idea of like yo tomorrow could be a last short. day. No, I don't like that either. No, nah. I hate saying yeah, that. Yeah, no, I don't say that. Yeah, no, I don't like, say I, that. I, I, I hate saying I that. Say that. Like, yeah, I, I really hate that because it's that. like yeah, I see what you saying, but personally, why if I put I that negativity I, out there. First of all, if I have to think that tomorrow's my last day, I mean, I feel like we should all be wild. Let's talk. Like, what are you working towards at that point? Anxiety. Yeah. Five thousand at that point. Yeah, no. Yeah. I would never be able to sit still. Yeah, no. 
Or honestly, probably just go crazy and be like, I'm just do everything I probably shouldn't do for the next 24 hours, right, I guess. But this, you can't live just, like that. You can't. You can't. Mushroom. And life traditionally is long. I think like the average age is like six, in the 60s. And that's a, that's a decent life to accomplish a good amount of things. I'm pushing for that. I'm pushing for 80 plus, though. I'm, I already told you what I'm pushing for. I'm pushing for 80 plus. I'm pushing for 116. So 116, 116, I'm 116, I'm 116, I don't know how, but. Nah, I'm a, when, we, when we touch I'm 80, I'm going to holler at you. <laughs> and I'm going to reevaluate. Y'all. God willing. I'm willing. I can probably, probably do 100. We make it to see that. God willing. God willing. Because this gun climate is something else, but God willing. You said this gun climate? Yes. What about the gun climate? People getting, people dying about a gun. I mean, but you're not living about a gun. You don't got to worry about that. What you mean? Guns don't have names. Bullets don't have names. You hear stories about people getting like, you know, getting caught by, you know, a bullet in their crib, you know, watching TV in a rocking chair. Someone's dying. Like, damn, how? I'm not even outside. <laughs> I know somebody that got shot. Like, they were just sitting in the apartment and the bullet came up. Can you like, imagine that, though? That's crazy. That's, that should probably, that should probably have that scares PTSD, me at all. I'm not gonna lie. PTSD for a while. Like, imagine you're living your life carefully, like trying to avoid all forms of harm, and it's like, boom, something just happens. You to know you. what's crazy about that? I think when you try to avoid all sorts of harm, but it you, comes. You, yeah, it, it comes. Because now your mind is constantly focused yep. on avoiding harm. Yeah, it which comes. means your mind is constantly focused on harm. Right. I have a question. Let's hear it. Okay. So, I'm setting up. How do you feel, right? Because I know I'm always talking about this. No, yeah. How do you feel about making it, right? So whatever your definition of making it, whether it's being a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say all right, you live in Queens, right? Right. And you're from Brooklyn originally? Originally from Brooklyn, okay. Queens. Okay, right. So whenever, okay, whenever you go to a party or a concert and they say, oh, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, which one do you go hard for? <laughs> that's number one. No, nah, I, think, I think I go hard. I always go hard for Brooklyn because okay, I, I spent the majority of my time okay, in Brooklyn. So that's right. fine, right? So here's my concern with people going dumb hard saying, yeah, I'm from the Bronx, yeah, I'm from brooklyn so mm-hmm. on and so forth but the moment you hit a million right the first thing you're thinking about is where can i live outside of where i'm from so you take that money you take that wealth and you go live in florida you go live in la you move somewhere else but it's like you have so you much pride in where you're back, from right, you why know not invest back into like i always think about talking to my own friends like hey like if you were to become wealthy like why not build something where you're from like there's nice areas in every every borough there's poor areas in every, in every borough. borough right but why do you want to leave when you could be closer to the community and have a bigger impact even if your body cannot physically be a part of the impactful initiatives you're business or whatever it is it's your money could go towards to it yeah your money, you know your, but we your take efforts it and we go, go somewhere it. else like why do we I have think, to do that i think people tend to move out of the neighborhood that they were originally from for just change not even just change i feel like well i'm thinking about rappers right now okay i don't know why my mom will make it okay. to rappers because the hood is after you whatever because yeah. yeah, people people get jealous too. yeah even for example a barber got shot like two years ago or last year in queens and he was a big time barber in queens he got gunned down and he was a bar. He's not even. A, he's not even on some. He's a barber. It's just really? like so. I think people have this. Okay. Like people get afraid of the idea of like people just being envious of what they have. Okay. And trying to take them out. Like for example, you never seen friends go back to the Bronx anymore. Jay Z, they, they can't go back. It's true. You feel me? Jay Z, Jay-Z Jay-Z not, Jay- they can't go back. Like, they true. can't go back. It's probably not even on some. Not even on some like resentful shit. But it's like, but it's one, like you don't know for you. Right. Two, mm-hmm. Like think about the people that you grew up with. They probably still who still did it. Who, the projects. Right. Yeah. The people who you grew up with. Think about the niggas. For example, when when Jay Z when he was like his early twenties, I want to say. Um, he went he went on tour to London. And while he was on tour to London, mm-hmm. the boys came and just did a whole raid of his hood. Took everybody, took all his mans. If he didn't go on tour, wow, he'd have been with his mans and he got raided. We wouldn't even know who Jay Z is. Think about all of the That's niggas true. who probably had like 
stories of their own, like talents of their own, right. who got caught up in that rape. Right. And they seeing you and blow probably, up, and it's like and they they're literally it. still right. in that mm-hmm. scene. So probably you going back to even see your mans who's still living there, still living that same lifestyle, probably mm-hmm. pains and probably hurts you. So it's like okay. I could see why niggas would move away, but yeah, I don't. I, see why, but I don't like, understand damn. why niggas don't invest back into it. Okay. That's yes. Weird. Right. But okay. we weren't really. Well, we this is something that we're now realizing though. That's true. Because me, oh, nah, I can't even say now. I mean, we're knowing about we're talking about it, but are we doing it? Is the question. Right. There was a point in time. Yo, no funny shit. And I always it's crazy. I hate I hate looking back. Civil rights and shit like that sometimes mm-hmm. because when you look at it, we was making such we was making such good progress until mm-hmm. the crack everything pulled up. Yeah, niggas pulled true. up and really yo crack really fucked us. Like, no, it we, did. Like, it took Big us, time. We took like ten steps back because of crack. True. It's true. We were really prior to that, like we were really making substantial progress. That's and, like, true. We were doing shit like that, investing in our communities. Mm-hmm. There was more than just whack one black Wall Street. You right. Like, there was a whole bunch of different. Small pockets of like right. affluent black neighborhoods, just that you know, right. pulled up and just fuck everything. I mean, up. even down south, like a lot of like smaller towns and stuff like that. That's, like, yeah, those exactly. Black neighborhoods are like was, all small black a lot, businesses. There's a lot more people. There's a lot more black people in the south than it is in the north. Yeah, exactly. It feels like a lot of us here because we always stick to each other. We always right. stick with each other, but it's, but a, lot it's not a lot of people in the south. It's not a lot. It's a lot more people down in the south. Yeah, it's not. I mean, that's where that's what we were imported. You know, that's what. That's that's where we were brought in. Yeah. But yeah, but I and I, I it's something I even heard. Um, like a lot of people I know from down south, like who have things. That's something that they were saying too. It's just like yo. In the sixties and seventies, like our families owned, owned everything, we owned and out of nowhere, everything in the community, out of everywhere, out of like the next generation pulled up and just sold it, it to everybody changed. else, and it just and my bad, and just sold it. Everybody wants this. Talk. It's more about this but than the culture. We always talk, think about that. Growing up, niggas always bag. tell you exactly. Get to the Even bag. now, we get to get back, get to the bag, get to the bag, get to the bag. But to what extent do we get to the bag and sustain our culture? But you got to change. We got to change the narrative completely, and it can't just be get to a bag. I feel like we have to figure out how we can but get I, to the back. But even though, even culture. though I do think that economic empowerment is the way, like it out. Is. I mean, look at the stats about how like money travels throughout certain communities between the Jewish community and white community. Boggles, I'm I like, mean, yo, you know, that shit, yo, that shit is so crazy. That's like, that's. I'm not gonna lie to you too. When every time I see that particular argument, mm-hmm. that always sparks in my mind. Those stats hurt. Those stats Our hurt. Our dollar travels what six hours. But it that's, also that's puts crazy. things in perspective because we have the highest spending power. Right. So we can't come from a community where we have the highest spending power and then tell niggas that we not getting money or right. tell niggas that we need more. Right. I think it's a matter. I think we get money. I think we have money. It's right. just a matter of knowing where to put it. True. Putting it back into our community. True. So it's not. I think we should just like we gotta be we gotta be very conscious and careful of what we're asking for, and mm-hmm. what we're fighting towards because right. it can it can be misconstrued. You know what I'm thinking about too, though. I feel like so you know how we always talk about um how in black communities how you have. Asians owning all of the the beauty supply stores and the the nail stores and the, they have their own Chinese food, the Korean markets so and all that. Right. I'm thinking of something. Cleaners, the cleaners. 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 Okay, that too. Right. And then you have like um Middle Eastern with the with the, with the delis with the and the 99 y'all, cent stores. Y'all that too. Right. So and then my thing though is that okay, so people of color, we have some food stores. We have that. We, we do have that. Jamaican spots. Jamaican spots. We have Haitian spots. We have those. Right. But you know what I realized that those bigger markets, like the things that we need to like, for example, like clothing stores or, you know, the supermarket, those are the ones that we don't own, right? We don't own the 99 cent stores. We don't have the beauty supply stores. Mm-hmm. But my biggest thing is like, how do we acquire that when we don't have access to that buying power so early on? You get me? I feel like they always had that buying power. So it's easy for them to replicate what they already have with the 99 cent stores because what they do, and there was like an um, Uber driver um, you know, I talk a lot. And I had no, an Uber no, driver. Listening. No, he was I'm, Middle I'm, Eastern. I'm, yeah, no. I'm he was a Middle Eastern guy. And mm-hmm. we was talking just, I don't know how, but we was talking about like just owning delis and stuff. And he just kept talking about how, oh yeah, you know, I moved from wherever I moved from, came here. I had a guy who was from where I'm from. 
and he gave he let me like run the store then he sold me the store when i had money to buy it from him then i didn't want that store anymore i wanted a different store so i sold this store to someone else in my culture blah 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 and i realized i realized it's a pattern of like setting it for the next one but like People expect black people to own stores like that, but who's going to put us on to have a store like that? You get me? Like, right. you know, like, where are we going to get the fun and the support initially to start opening up our own beauty supply stores or even opening up something as grand as a supermarket? Like, you can't just wake up and say $10,000 is going to give me a supermarket. It don't work like that. Right. Stay so, on the yeah. corner store for a second. Corner store. Because, like, like I was saying, and you, you, pretty much, you pretty much touched on it. And I was talking to... Sometimes when I go like the corner stores in my neighborhood, I just chop it up with the aqua behind yeah, the mm-hmm. And one thing I feel like people don't ox don't get their respect because when you think about it, the mm-hmm. niggas is really standing in the corner store for twelve hours a day. No, they be in serving you. They like, stand. Even even They're even when like there. even tonight about to be the coldest night all They're year, they they out there right now. So they it's are. like when I see niggas go to the store and you disrespecting the person behind the counter, that's you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do like, that. You can't. That's, that's that's can't. Hot, bro. First of all, they serve your food. You really they can't be doing that. Right. Yeah, you right. Like, like that's literally serving you. They do. They doing you a service. Let's be honest. We kind of need them because we be hungry. You want your little late night snacks and all of that. Yo, you know? we need them just as much as they need they us. They do. It's a relationship. It's true. It goes hand in hand. Like I was it's saying, I, I talked to some of them, and a few of them in, in my neighborhood, they're from a country called Yemen. And like you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. they mm-hmm. pretty much come from Yemen. They come but over Bangladesh, and they have people. And all, right. mm-hmm. all those Middle Eastern countries, they come to they come to this country and they have people who are already like either in their family or like their family friends to like put them on and like give mm-hmm. them the business and shit like that. Right, right. And, and then I always admire, like I've been starting to admire their hustle. Because mm-hmm. like I said, they stay in the corner store for such long hours. Mad long. And for you being able to be an immigrant, mm-hmm. come to this country and, and make something for yourself through that way, mm-hmm. it's just very impressive. Like, no, one, like one of the guys I know, he says his family literally owns, I think, a, a good seven stores. They own mad stores. Like three of them in they New York, a couple of them stores. down south. And they it's like, yo, the way these people, like, I admire the way other company, not company, other communities, the, yeah, communities move. Because mm-hmm. it's like, they pull up and they automatically take care of each other. No, they, they automatically do. Take and they care put the themselves. next one on or the next one on or the next right. one on. And it's weird because I was, in my mind, I initially thought, well, I thought you were going to see a lot of people say that they don't have the money to do it. My counter to that would have just been, yo, we got to come together. Yeah, we do. Now, people but, don't, people but, like doing that. I don't know why. Well, my, my narrative to that would have been the whole like putting the next person on, but it's like who's gonna start that chain? Like I remember I used to say, and like I said, I don't. It's not my money, so I can't tell Jay Z whatever to do with their money. But mm-hmm. like I always had this thought and idea, like you know, like our first black billionaires or like really wealthy, like you know, people of color. Like what if they just had this thing where they had a collection of funds. And like a whole bunch of them put their money together and said, okay, most of us come from Queens, Bronx, Brooklyn, Atlanta, whatever it is, right? And like, we're going to like host this big like city fair or whatever it is. And like, we're going to choose like people who can show themselves to be really good at management. And we're just going to open up a store and give you ownership and like just start the chain from there. You know, like, I don't know how that could logistically work. I never really thought about that, but it's like, there's money to give. People always donate money to these nonprofit organizations that are probably stealing the money anyway. Mm. So it's like, what if you just <laughs> like, like, what if you, why can't Wait. you just donate a store? You get me? In a way, it's the like. The only thing fun. is, like you said, logistically, it's a little strange because it, it, yeah. it would really depend on where the store is for sale and where they could buy the land to do it. I mean, though, they, they can afford to buy little stores in the Bronx. Like, why not? But it's, the thing is, just who, like, Cause that's that's the only thing. It's not a part. Like I think we have the money to do it, right? And I think it's possible. It's just a matter of who's gonna be willing to give us the opportunity to say, "I right, here, y'all can have." Yeah, this one. like think about it. Like, if you're always donating to a cause, what mm-hmm. if you just like start like a big con, like a big um contest, right? And say, "Hey, we are a bunch of black wealthy people. We're putting on this like quarterly." Um, contest where basically like if you prove yourself to be like one of the best business minded people in like the city of color we will literally give you the money necessary to start your own beauty supply store and I feel like that's, that's a good way from starting but I just that's don't know how that works. Idea. I just because and, 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 you're always, always donating it's like donating a store I don't I don't know why like rich or or 
Well, a couple of things. I don't know why billionaires or black billionaires will do more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because they feel like it might jeopardize their stand status. Well, in their well, other people circles. too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that. Like, I don't know if them reaching out to us would cause niggas to like affect their bread, like, their yeah. direct pocket. Mm-hmm. It gotta be something. Kid, I hope it's something, right? But I also say too, outside like the, the Jay Z's and the big fuck that, like right. forget them. Right. There's people who own like on local levels who can help out. Right. Who rich and have a lot of money. They probably not they, even if they're not millionaires. There's people on a low on a smaller scale mm-hmm. who have money, who have influence, who right. can help out, and they don't really do much. They don't. So it's like before we even reach out to the people mm-hmm. that's not even in New York anymore, right. the people that's still here. Right. Why are the people that's currently in New York who have the power and influence do? Why aren't they doing more? I don't know. I wish I knew. I mean, I feel like no one's doing it more. So like, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I mean, I feel like we can't really expect because it's not our money. I feel like maybe if we got to that position, we would know. We would better understand. I'm hoping there's a logically reason why people aren't doing more, but I just don't know. Well, maybe what people, it is. maybe people feel like they can't do more. Maybe they can. Maybe they can't. I mean, maybe we don't have we're empowering money. the wrong people. Maybe I mean I just feel like they're always donating donating money to some kind of cause. Cause right. So it's just like I think that finding a way to like you know I guess you know, get the black dollar together. That is a cause. You get me? Like, why can't that be a cause? Like, why can't well, we, you know, you know, it's funny though, even like to even to get the black dollar to stay in the black community, it's something that we have to like, well, everybody has to be conscious of the fact that the money is not seen in the community. Right. That's one. And once you realize that people got to also like the same value that we give to like, um, white and European brands. Right. Like your, yeah, white European you brand. Though, exclude the clothing for us. Not even right? just clothing. Like, like, the, like, just like think about like what's around us in your neighborhoods. Majority of things that we naturally need and use are not owned by us. Like I said, supermarkets, beauty supply stores. Like people of color, we're always looking for beard cosmetic cream, things cosmetic like things. You like know, shampoo the, and like the beauty no supply lie, stores run by no Asian. Thing. And if these wealthy people at like a local level, like you mentioned before, just bought out like a just say, hey, a uh, Middle Eastern guy, I'm gonna buy out your 99 cent store. Hard, I'm sure it's, that's that's and, literally, that's my that's point. It has to be hard. It's an asset. Like I'm not about to. I'm not, just be, I'm not gonna be so quick to just give up an asset. You know what I mean? Like it's deep who's gonna give it now. up? I'm talking, about, I'm talking about like the person who owns the store. They Which, may not be quick enough to just give up the asset. Yes, they will. They you can sure? buy another one. Yes. Are you crazy? First of all, do you not see like how when, when you travel through the city, there's always some piece of land open and a sign saying for sale, um, right? Blah blah blah. Real estate. Oh, call us if you want this property. No, that's a fact. It's there. They, 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 they. First of all, in their culture, they already buy and sell to each other, buy and sell to each other. But they're literally only going it, to buy and sell to each other though. My point exactly. So my thing is that are, that are people of color trying to buy it for them and they're rejecting it or are we just not trying to buy it? Because if everything's already there and they just sell you your, their infrastructure or whatever it is, people of color could just say, that I'm, who's wealthy? I'm going to buy this 99 cent store. That way, that's more opportunity. Because right. that's what we use. Beauty right. supplies, nail salons, hairdressers. We, well, I feel like like hairdressers, we, we got that. That's And barbershops, we got that. Hairdressers, yeah, yeah, we have that. That's like a problem. That's all. Right. But like, like nail salons, like Food Korean spots, supermarkets, like that. all that. Yeah, like, Especially Korean supermarkets. A lot of West Indian people we, we literally live off Korean supermarkets. We all go there. We do. We literally we live do. off on Korean supermarkets. But I mean, maybe, maybe, like I said, for the farming aspect, maybe there's something near their culture. I don't know, near their culture, which is why they have more access to doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, geographically, I don't know what they have, but that's probably what it is. I don't know. But I feel like we got to do something. But I'm broke. So what can I do? I can't <laughs> for now, <laughs> right for now. now. <laughs> right I now, I think, I'm just I think, thinking. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think it really starts with people just being able to like trust each other. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because I think... If even if you don't have all the money to do something yourself, mm-hmm. you can pull to, you can put some money together with a couple of friends to do something. That's true. So and then and that's that's why that's where it goes back to mm-hmm. trust. Like you got to be able to trust people around that's you true. to be able to take these risks and do things with them. And I think it's funny. Like I remember, for example, um, in in, in four forty four, Jay Z was he, he was big on um just buying back, like you said, buying back the neighborhood, that's buying right. back the block, mm-hmm. and like just taking the, taking the opportunity to go out there and like educate yourself on these different topics, like real estate, right, and just business ownership and things of that nature is what it takes to get people. Ooh. 
to, to, to come together and, and figure out where to put their money. Now, now I'm thinking, I feel like Jay-Z himself, in terms of him buying back the neighborhood, he invested in larger pro- pro- projects, right? Like Barclays and all this kind of stuff. So maybe maybe what we're talking about is too little for them. <laughs> and not, like, not, like, I'm thinking Ooh. about it. Like, no, I'm dead. No, no, that's fact, though. Think about, like, having your own company, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a company with, like, 10 employees, right? And, like, you have to, like, you watching over 10 people as one person is already a lot. So you probably need to hire someone to micromanage, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe because you're so wealthy and everything you're working on is so big that it may cost you more <laughs> to have to micromanage such smaller <laughs> investment. Like, I'm just trying to make excuses for them. I'm really trying, Yo, like, what if this is really late thought process, though? Like, no, but no, really. I'm thinking, like, that could be it. Maybe it's too small for them. Maybe yeah, they have to I hire just... people to, like, watch over that little stuff. Yeah, I don't listen. know. I'm trying. How much money did Jay Z got? Like 800 mil? He, there's people. Well, he, hit a, there's he people, hit a billion yet? I thought he hit it. I, I don't know if he hit it or not. Know. But there's people. They got money. But there's, there's, there's people who probably, who probably got like 10 mil. Yeah. In our city. Like in our, in, our city, in our neighborhoods, I mean. Like there's people, there's people who we live next to who could do it. And, and you don't. know what, too? People consider themselves to be serial entrepreneurs and stuff like that. So it's like, what are you investing in? Like, like can that not be well, a project? It's also, it's also a fad to be an entrepreneur. So it's like. Oh, it's definitely a fad. That's for sure. It's and I, I hate the fact that, like, with technology, it makes things easy to be fads. No, it's true. So it's hard and to social media. Yeah, it's just, it's and this whole, easier. like, competing with everybody else and their progress when you should be on your own type of time. That's a whole different conversation. Yo, but, I think the government should really step in and, like, um... And, and, um like, moderate that? Yeah. You know, it depends because if you're... Because China, so, China seems to be doing pretty good. You know what? I think in terms of entrepreneurship, right, you're talking about? No, no, no I'm talking about as far as... Oh, I was, I was oh. talking about... We don't do two different things. Oh. I was talking about as far as, like, uh, monitor, like the... Um, what do you mean? Social, monitoring social media and the amount of time oh. we spend on it. That's what I meant. But we... Different conversation, though. Back to yeah. entrepreneurship. China's so OD. China's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the entrepreneurship. It's the entrepreneurship. Yeah. China's got an OD. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Nah, I remember I watched the video and the, and the people... Like, I they, get it. They were I understand people it, though. in the country and they didn't even realize that they were living, like, crazy. No, no, you don't. Like, they, no, like, like they literally, were chilling. Like, they're living in, like, a what's it called like 1884 what's that book called again by George Orwell I know what you're talking about but I forgot the name of yeah, it it's, it's like it's the government society it. yeah like yeah. Yeah, the government's controlling everything. that's like China in my eyes yeah. and I understand and, it, and the people I'm telling you, the citizens seem to be okay with it because they, they don't know any true, better because they don't know any better it's true so maybe we probably do need those kind of restrictions but you know what it is I feel like the US is so focused on being the dominant country dominant culture that is like putting limitations on us having opportunity to dominate other spaces isn't really something that they want to do Ironically, China China's actually coming in very in a very close economically, second. Economically, it probably are. In a very close second. I mean, place honestly, everything's imported by China. Everything's imported. <laughs> I mean, you China, buy China's, anything, and it's China, from China. China's been lending out money to so many different countries right now. So, so many different take, countries are in debt Af- to China. But see, Africa—that's a big controversy as well. I heard they're it like is. building stuff over there it and is. like labor. I don't know. I don't Yo, do this 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 um this Nigeria uh, the same Nigerian man that I referenced last week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I met him in a barber shop. We were talking, and he was like, he painted the picture for me. He was like. Think about it like this. Uh, we're I'm in, scared. In Nigeria, in Nigeria, no. Imagine you had like a bridge to be built, and um, the people in your country couldn't build the bridge, or they didn't have the um, the technology mm-hmm. to build the bridge right. in five years. Mm-hmm. We just need the bridge done in five years. Mm-hmm. It takes us ten years to do it. Mm-hmm. However, China's knocking at our door and telling us, "Yo, we could build this bridge in four years." So it's like, oh. yo, not only can you build the bridge short, shorter than we need to build the bridge. Okay. But you got all the materials and the technology. You, or you, you go, you're literally going to bring the materials, the technology, the workers, uh, all of that to true. Nigeria and build that's it for true. us? All right, whatever, build it. So they build a bridge. And then being that your country doesn't have the money to pay for the bridge right now, what China will do is they'll 
put tolls on that bridge. And the tolls on that bridge is paying the Chinese government. So even long 10, 20 years down the oh, road, really? after the bridge is financed and paid for, since it's our bridge and we use our people Wait, that's for a thing? It, yeah. Wait, they put Chinese tolls on that bridge? Because we pulled up, we built the bridge for you for free. Your country did not have to pay for it at all. So in order for us to be paid for this bridge and oh. to be compensated, your citizens will now pay, pay us via toll. I'm like, yo, China is really finessing people. That's that's ooh. that's smart. I can't nah. That's smart. Yeah, yeah, you can't like, even front that's that smart. Oh, you can't even nah nah nah. You can't even it's lie. It's kind of scary though. Because, it's scary, but uh, I that, like it's smart though. This is like I don't know. Like I'm just thinking long term, and it's like at some point, the long term is crazy. It's like progressive, like conquer. Like it's like China's, I'm China's basically building is, a society in your country that I can honestly just yes. say is mine now, and I can bring all my people here and buy they, it for they you. Did the same thing in Sri Lanka as well. Oh, I don't know the history about. I don't know about. Now look into it. And they did the same thing in Sri Lanka. They pulled up to Sri Lanka and they just they built up the entire infrastructure and they didn't have the money to pay them back and now they're in debt. It's a common practice. It's a common Chinese practice. I'm not gonna lie. I've never heard of that story. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie though. I just feel like China's also shit where it's like they're doing it economically mm-hmm. slowly, mm-hmm. so it doesn't seem like it's, it's 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 something that's gonna affect you socially. Right. But like you said, long term. Right. The long-term ramifications. That's kind of scary. Some, some I don't know. I just feel like at some point they're going to try to dominate Africa. And here we go again, losing our resources. But it's like we accepted free resources, which is costing us. That's hard. At the same time, though, Africa's been exploited for so long that it's like they reach Everything. out to everybody to get money. And it's just like... Everybody's it's, taking it's, our stuff. Because the government be greedy. It's sad. That's what it is. Literally, everything's over there. Africa's the richest like continent Natural in terms of the resources. Yeah, you fact. get me? But however, gotta, every country is wealthier. Every, every every other continent, excuse me, not country, is wealthier. Like that's scary. Like when do we get that back, and how do we get that back? Only time to tell. We're gonna need we're gonna need like hundreds of years to bring that back. Because if it took us, if we've been stripped of, maybe thousands, right? Probably thousands of years. For honestly, Africa is like Africa being stripped of its culture and its resources and people profiting off of it. I don't know. I, I think know. I think a lot of the resources are naturally occurring things, so they may never like they. It's probably infinite. No, the resources are infinite, but I'm talking about the opportunity to like to like leave, like to oh, like to reject rebound. the outside right, world and like only power empower themselves. It's scary like, though because it's a slippery bag? slope. They've been relying on like, for example, if you're relying on the government, outside government for so long, mm-hmm. it's it like just may I know. never, it never, it may not, or even it, like, like for example, it, it, this happens a lot in like the Caribbean as well too. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're relying on the outside um, country for so long. Mm-hmm. For support, mm-hmm. once you finally secede from that country and get your independence, mm-hmm. your country now crumbles because you've been relying on them for so long. Yeah, and now it's on you. So it's just like at this point, you had, you gotta, mm-hmm. you kind of gotta succumb to it and just let you it rock. Stuff like this makes me wish I was an economics major because I just feel I be feeling like, the same way. I'm gonna tell you why. I think it's so weird because it's just like, okay, okay, two different routes, right? Mm-hmm. So one route is you are your resources are being taken from you or not taking from you necessarily because you're probably not using it right because they, <laughs> they, they don't know how to use it that's, as yet because the outside world is taking yo, advantage that's crazy. of it that's right? facts so it's being taken from you and they're making a kajillion dollars off of it mm-hmm. but then it's like to what proportion is that to all of the fundraising and supplying funds to like bettering africa and the health systems it's just weird because it's just like there's this everlasting situation where everyone's doing something in africa to better it but is it really getting better? And it's just like, is it? I'm trying to figure out, like, are you taking more than you're giving back? That's something or? I got to look into because I always wondered where fundraising money went to. It all goes to, oh, I'm fundraising for Africa. I'm fundraising for Africa. But, like, how, does, how, does, how like, do we, how we now work? see, like, like, how do we see our funds working now? Like, how do we see our funds flexing? Like, I wonder. How do we see, like, how do we know, like, you know. 
is, is it a take more than they I give? I don't even know so the question that's, to why still, ask. that's why it's still struggling. And I mean, I know there's like a thing where it's like you're either really wealthy or you're really poor in Africa. But yeah, my bad. Sorry, I got thrown off. <laughs> no, no, that's no, cool. It's cool. But no, I just want to talk, I want to talk more. One uh-huh. last thing before we forget. Mm-hmm. I wanted to speak about uh, Millennial Vision a little yes. bit. Yes. Because I wasn't really sure exactly what Millennial Vision is. And I wanted you to give me a little bit further insight on what exactly Millennial Vision is. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. Sorry, just give me like two seconds. No, you're good. Okay, so quick story. What it started off as is no longer what I'm trying to revamp it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started it, my reason for starting it was like I was doing, I'm, I'm very good at doing different things. Mm-hmm. And I realized that like there are people who are willing to pay me for those tasks. However, because it's a business, you can't just be giving people money out all over the place right. or else you're not keeping track of what you're really spending your money right. on. So initially I had opened up the LLC to like basically be like a behind the scenes kind of consulting thing where I would get paid for doing certain work for people. Right. But then actually just having it Smart. made me feel feel a little different i felt like oh snap like oh i own something like this is a company i can file taxes on it's real i could do more yeah i could do more so then like i always thought about like how like i've been i don't want to say privilege but i think it's still a privilege how like i've always been around yaysayers like people always told me oh juju you're gonna be great people Uh always encourage you i always encourage i want to say yaysayers people always encourage encourage me yeah (laughs) i i I, you know how people say naysayers i just say yaysayers as like a little term and I just felt like, you know, like one thing I've always been proud of is like using my platform to help other people find something that they can do for themselves also. Right. So I was like, well, you know, like I'm really good at networking. I know a lot of people. And I realized that as somebody who was trying to be a doctor, mm-hmm. I realized that my network wasn't really beneficial to myself, period, because my path was like medicine is very one directional. Right. You got to just go to med school and then just do what you got to do. And it's the exact exactly. But out. my network is politics, it's law, it's business, and so on and so forth that I can't really use because that's not my path. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Let me start Melinda Vision. Like, let me just like, you know, like curate these events and like get people to come out, meet new people. I've always hated the idea of having this gen- like general mixers all the time where, oh yeah, come, meet new people. And that's it. So is it, it, doesn't is it work geared that towards way. like med- uh, people in the medicine field? No, it was never supposed so to be for everybody. It's for everybody, right? But initially, it was only events. And then after a while, I realized that you kind of can't only just do events. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, unless you're going to do event planning for other people, that's a different conversation. So for that reason, I kind of stepped back and was like, I'm going to put everything on hold. And then outside of that, I realized I didn't want to be a doctor anymore. Really? Yeah, I really yes. So what exactly. do you want to what do you want to do with medicine now? So actually, I'm not doing medicine anymore. <laughs> So that's why I've been low key for like the past couple of months because Mm. I feel like I'm fortunate because I have everybody who's always supporting me. But it got kind of weird for me because that was the first time in my life where I didn't have a plan because my plan completely just changed. Mm. Like what I wanted to do through medicine was become a physician, um, open up a series of private practices. But that kind of um, that kind of project is not really existent. You get me like it's like a lot of hospitals are buying out private practices insurances are making it very hard to have a private practice Mm -hmm. and that was my goal so it's like that's kind of why i want to be a doctor do emergency medicine do a couple of things you know practice you know help patients so on and so forth and then kind of get into the entrepreneur side of it but i couldn't do that anymore because it's dying so i was like i don't want it yeah i had a plan and it's changed it's different now and i realized that there's other things that i really liked and really wanted to do and i felt like medicine may not have been it anymore Mm -hmm. but then it's like what's next and then because I changed my mind about that, I felt like I just lost the vision of what Melinda Vision was supposed to be too. Mm-hmm. So I just stopped everything. <laughs> and I quit my job. <laughs> I, nah, I, like I just like, I quit everything. Like, like, that's the time. Because like that, like my last job, it was really pull a, pull a plug out. No, literally, I just cut everything. Like my last job was cool. 
but it became 11 to 7 and I realized that my events now were taking a hit because I couldn't even commit to my own events anymore because mm -hmm. I don't get out of work till 7 o'clock every day. When is my event going to start, right. you know? So that was that. So long story short, after like three months, four months of just like planning, refiguring everything out, um, I decided to make Millennial Vision um, a digital media company, basically focusing on like millennial professionals. So the reason why I say that is I feel like um, and after doing a lot of research, mm -hmm. um, the workforce is having a very hard time accommodating our generation, right? Why do you think that? No, no there's research on it. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you why. Okay, so we're different. Like, we have always oh. access to, like, internet. OD. You know, everyone thinks that they don't have to work in nine to five. Everybody wants a kind of flexible living. Right. Nobody wants to stay in a job past two years. In comparison to your grandparents who stayed for, like, 40, 40 years exactly. on the same company, climbing the ladder. And it's just very different now. And, like, me acknowledging that change just through, like, people talking to me through actual physical research that I've been reading on. And I just felt like... I've been very, like, you know, fortunate to be able to navigate throughout the professional world doing different things that I don't feel like I directly benefited from because I was on a medical route. On a medical route. But at the same time, it's like, I love media. I love health. I love business. I like everything. Mm -hmm. So my biggest thing is, like, I like having access to all these different things, but I want to expose other people to that as well. So that's why I currently decided that that's what I'm going to transform it into. And then hopefully a year from now, God willing, things go well. I actually am working on a social media project, but I have to acquire funding for that. So there's a plan for it. It's not... A completed plan as yet but mm -hmm. we're hoping that but in you have the time, idea you we'll... can monetize the idea and that's, that's what i've been important. working on so like literally everyone's been saying oh what you doing i'm like chill it's coming <laughs> like, I'm not you'll really, see don't worry I'm about it i'm actually not really doing much it's <laughs> like i've always been doing crazy things and it's like i'm actually chilling like so I this, this is the first time in a long time you actually got that, to just, no like just, literally just like, no i just like just threw everything away like i was like i need a break like i've always been back to back to back like accomplishing whatever mm -hmm. and i just needed a break for you think you think you're using this period to also like just look back and just kind of be like what's the word I'm looking for mm -hmm. so just reflect on everything oh, that you've accomplished over no, the past like, four or five it, years no, yeah that's exactly what it was my biggest thing is like how did you do that and if you feel like you actually did something right how are you going to help other people do that as well mm -hmm. and maybe in their own way and form and I felt like kind of creating this platform is going to be that my biggest thing too is like talking about diversity and inclusion, right? And initially, it was supposed to be for people of color, right? Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about how can we like create like a professional development culture for people of color? And I hope no one takes offense to it because I'm all about like diversity and inclusion and creating platforms to further people of color. But I realized that you kind of can't always like have like this space where it's only people of color talking about how much they're uncomfortable at their job, so <laughs> on and so forth, mm -hmm. because then we're going to talk about it here. We're going to talk about how we can navigate it out there, but you still have to like coexist amongst, you know, other, other people, people, you right. know? So I kind of felt like, well, if the only time you're around a certain culture of people is at work and you come back and it's only the other kind, it's going to it's going to be hard to like be comfortable there. You know like it has to be That's hard. You can talk about it all you want and how to navigate through it, but it can't be comfortable for everybody. But if you're leaving work and actually doing engaging activities with other people as well, then it's kind of like, okay, when I'm like leaving this kind of atmosphere and going back to work, it's similar, mm -hmm. you know? So I just felt like I didn't want to be, I didn't want it to only be for people of color anymore because we everybody. can't really coexist in the workforce if we're not coexisting outside of the workforce. And then workforce. you realize that there's people who are like-minded who aren't people of color. So no, it's, no like... it's true. Yeah, you get me? Like I said, I mean, we are living in an integrated world, you know, mm -hmm. that's what it is right now. You get me? However you feel about segregation versus, you know, desegregation, you know, that's a different conversation. Different conversation. But right now we are living amongst each other. And if you only see them during work, you are never going to feel comfortable working with these people think, and getting to know them as actual people. I, th I think I think I think a, a, a major 
issue with race relations is the fact that uh, the races don't actually get together and, and speak to each other. Like everybody's afraid of something that they're not. So it's just like we don't. You you're not ever gonna find you're not ever gonna make yourself uncomfortable and and, and if you're only doing it like I said if you're only having that conversation amongst your own it's gonna it's not gonna work and if you're only having that conversation you know either on the job at like some workshop on the job or outside of the job only at that one workshop and it's not happening interchangeably everywhere it's not gonna cultivate it has anything to be, it different. has to be something that's consistent ongoing. everywhere it has to be, it has to be at work it has to be outside of work it has to just be something that's just ongoing all over it can't be in one place and not the other one or else it's not gonna change and I, I felt like for me like that's how I felt like I kind of comfortably navigated like I never like had to like talk to somebody who was you know of European background and felt like oh I gotta, I gotta put like this other cap on to talk to like to communicate with them like for mm-hmm. me it was like I live with y'all on campus. Like, I, I see y'all. Like, <laughs> nah, like, like that's, that's the beat of going to a PWI. No, it's true. That's no, because it's like, like I'm coexisting exactly. not only in school or at work, but I actually live around you. You get me? And mm-hmm. I felt like having access to that and actually, like, you know, taking into consideration that there are, there are people, right? Whether we have different political views or whatever it is. The there's a lot of political differences sometimes. You that's know. A, that's but, a fact. you know, it's like we do live amongst each other. And I felt like going away for school kind of brought up this idea that you just can't only do it at the workplace. It can't. It gotta be everywhere. I definitely agree with that. One last question I have about networking. How do okay. how do you how do you approach a network situation where it's like, okay, you wanna expand your network, you wanna meet new people. How do you, you how do you bring it from this person I met at the networking event to mm-hmm. us now being friends? Us now having a functional friendship. That's always been very tricky to me. And okay. I can imagine other people have that same issue. So something so, I always I was always very curious about. Friends. Or friends, like friends, or like co- like acquaintances, acquaintances, so, okay, you know, something. Because okay. you go to a networking event to right. build to build relationships, period. Yes, so yes. how do I now okay. transition from going to a networking event, okay. meeting people, and turn that into an actual relationship? And, okay, a relationship. Okay, because the friends part gets a little blurry. Yeah, I'm not right. gonna lie, right? But um, into genuine relationship follow ups, right? So my biggest thing is like, you can't fear rejection. Like whether it's like boyfriend, girlfriend, family, you know, networking, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Like my dad has always told me the worst anybody can ever say to you is no, no or ignore you or whatever the case is. And I feel like having that attitude, like for me, like I said before, I'm comfortable approaching somebody that I've never seen or met before and saying, hey, I'm Juju or hey, I'm Julissa. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it back, that's OK. That's your loss. I'm great. You get me? Like, it's not I'm personal. a cool person. That's not the person. Right. That's, that's your loss. You get me? But. I feel like people have to start figuring out how to get more comfortable just talking to people that they don't know. That's the first part. Don't be afraid that they're not going to smile back, say hi back. If they don't, they don't. They That's life. That's their loss. That's one. Like you said. Number two, follow-ups. If you take someone's contact or their card, sometimes you could actually leave a salty taste in someone's mouth by actually being so persistent and having a conversation with them on site just to not follow up afterwards. And I actually have done that too where i've had long conversations and didn't follow <laughs> I've done, up i've done the I've same thing i have i'm I've not done and then you realize a week goes by so you also we you probably forgot about me you just never follow and up you know what the worst part is sometimes you don't follow up a month later you actually remember that person and you kind of need some advice or something yo, from that person I, and it's like i didn't follow up yo, now how that. do i look approaching you now that you never follow well, like up? it's two months later and you can use a recommendation for something and it's, it's like, like I yo should, i know I that person would that actually do that for me right but now i don't even feel good reaching out to and you and you should keep I that in your mind up. if you have to think like oh well if this is someone who can definitely help you out in your career and even if they can't at the moment you never know you like never know. one thing that i really want to focus on in Milena vision is cross careers right I don't, I don't want people thinking that they should only be in the health field or only be in journalism or only be in this, only be in that because we're living in a world where the Internet of Things has exposed us to collaborations amongst different fields. Everybody needs a little piece of something different. Something, you know? I, heard, something I heard, I think, last year, probably stood out to me ever since. Mm-hmm. People, when you're growing up, people always say, like, for example, for example, you're a good writer, so people will tell you to be a writer. 
Mm-hmm. You're a good singer, so people will tell you to sing. Right. You're a good actor, so people will tell you to act. No, when it should just no. be like, well, you should be an actor. Do, do what just, you gotta just do. Just act. If you're a good actor, just act. If you're a good singer, just, do what just you sing. Do. If you're a good writer, just write. Just do what you gotta do. Don't feel like you have to be a writer. Or you no, have to be a, a journalist. You have to just, and, just do it. Just do it. When you just do it all, like I know, like people always say, I have like mad interests, like oh, do choose one, so on and so forth. But I feel like you can do different things by having an understanding of what's priority. You get me? Like I like singing, and low key, I've been doing like little things on the side or whatever the case is. And I don't want to be a famous singer. When I was six, I did, but I'm not a fan of that industry. You feel right. me? Like, I don't really care to be the next Beyonce. But there's still times where I'm with my Beyonce bag and I'm you know, going to get my like, vocals off and I'm going to do that. And you know what, too, though? And I think about people who, you know, like, use music as something that they just love doing mm-hmm. and fortunately they get to perform, make some money off of it, but they can always put that money to something else. You right. get me? Like, different business adventures or whatever else the case may be. So I just feel like you can do different things, you can explore different things, but make sure you're setting priority on terms of what's most important to you. You get me? Like, if school's most important but you like doing music, you know, make time for the music, but understand that school, school is the priority the right now. If right. you have a company, but you still like doing music on the side or whatever the case is, like do music on the side, perform what you want to perform. But remember that if music is starting to, you know, disrupt you from focusing on your business, you got to choose what's priority to you. Maybe you need to take a step back from the music and maybe not perform anymore or mm-hmm. not be in the studio every day anymore. You get me? Like, I think it just depends. Prioritizing your time. But back to the networking part, though. Rejection. Knock that out. Follow-ups. So important. And honestly, one thing I do too is, and I'm really weird about it, like I actually Google, like, not, not Google, I go to Eventbrite mm-hmm. and type in like different theme events that I want to go to and look up what's free and I just go. I met mad people like that. Yeah. And on that note, I'm trying that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on that note, tell, <laughs> honestly, people, tell people where they can find you. I'm definitely trying that though. Now I'm 100%. No, I'm, literally go to Eventbrite and just type in whatever kind of that. event you want to go to and things just pop up. You just go. Simple. There's also an app called Meetup. Oh, yeah, I use that too. I'm on my phone. Oh, it's also valid. Um, I was exploring like data science and stuff like that. I found like a little group on it. Went to a couple of workshops. Learned a whole lot. And they were free. Don't ever talk. So don't, ever, don't, ever, don't ever let money be an excuse. Cause it's not. this mad free It's mad free, it's mad free is. things out there. That's life. Definitely. Yep. Let the people know where they can find you on social. Exactly. And where they can find you on Melinda Vinny. Okay. So my Instagram, also my personal um stuff is um Facebook. So Julissa Fontaine, mm-hmm. J E R. L I S A space F O N T A I N E and so is my LinkedIn. So definitely find me on that for my personal um my personal social media. Mm-hmm. Um oh Twitter I forgot about that underscore Juju Fontaine. You can figure that out. <laughs> and um, Melinda Vision wise, so on Instagram it's M I L L E N I. Damn it's so long I can't remember. <laughs> It's not N E T W. Oh my god. Okay. M I L L E N I V I S I O N dot N T W K S. It's so long. Oh my god. But that's the Instagram. So if you actually care to follow, which you please should do, just you know, pause. Definitely go out there. Definitely go out there, follow Melinda Vision. It's gonna be events that all of us benefit benefit from. Not just our medicine people, not just our scientists, not just our accountants, not just our doctors, not just our lawyers. Everybody. Amen. Everybody. This was fun. This is great. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the King Bentley Podcast. It was greatly appreciated. Make sure you continue to spread the word and um share the podcast with your friends and neighbors and close family members and things of that nature. Don't forget to subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and on Google Play. I'll catch y'all next week. That's it for the King Bentley Podcast.